0: Welcome to the Volleypod, where we're all about coaching kids volleyball. With drills, skills, and scenarios, we keep things fast, fun, and effective. Presented by the art of coaching volleyball, the Volleypod is your new source for coaching information. Good morning and welcome to the volley pod sponsored by the art of coaching volleyball how are you today todd
1: doing well davis great to be back in the uh volley pod cave and getting into some uh, volley talk with you can't beat it
0: absolutely we are thrilled to be back and back with another skill scenarios some drills and some resources for everyone that is interested in coaching kids volleyball so let's get to it
1: perfect let's do it
0: all right so today though we're talking about coaching kids volleyball this is an important skill we're going to talk about blocking right a lot of times we're talking about the youngest players but you know should they learn how to block it's a little bit debatable i say i say yes let's learn how to block we may not use it all the time in the games but let's learn it let's spend a little bit of time and practice on it and then as they get older obviously it becomes even more and more important yep so uh, we're going to talk about some of the things that are important sort of principles of blocking and, um, then we'll get into some other sort of problem solving type stuff.
1: Perfect. Where do you start? So okay. if I'm a young kid and I'm coming in the gym and maybe I can just start getting my palms over the net, but never block. How, how do we start? Okay. So I would say the very, very first thing is to get them
0: into a ready stance, right? A good ready posture. Um, elbows sort of tucked in not wide you know just ready to Why? spring up what if their elbows are wide their hand position tends to kind of go cross and and we want their elbows tucked so it's maybe maybe a little outward v slightly um but if they're if they can start with their hands in a good spot we really want a clean move with their hands okay right and we're going to talk about this in just a minute but I think if they can start in a good athletic position they're gonna have to move somewhere and they're gonna have to make their hands go over the net in good spacing and so starting in that spacing and, and keeping that posture is really good
1: yeah i like the elbows in too but another reason i like it is somebody can't get when their elbows are way out it's tough for some another blocker to get close to them that's a good point too so i like those elbows in yeah for that reason as well i
0: like that i like that so for this one we're kind of focusing on the individual blocker but there is tons of stuff to be said about closing the block and right, stuff too right. which maybe we'll get into on a, on a different pod yep. but um okay so the next thing I would say is look at the hitter so literally the very second thing is look at the hitter so they get in a posture I put a hitter across and I say look at that girl okay and what's she gonna do and then from there we have the front the hitter's approach line and we can do this with uh, all sorts of different activities you know like you said dummy approaches where the hitter just kind of shuffles in front and the uh, the attacker can take different approach lines but if you drew a line from where the hitter starts to where they jump and to where they land, it, that line, the blocker should be in front of that line, right? And if a hitter can turn the ball around you, which will happen often, or hit it above you, which will happen often, great. But if they hit it close to the net in their approach line, that's where our hands should be
1: for young players. And even, I mean, I, I coach you know my high school players. They've played some volleyball. Yeah. and when we stand behind them in practice and we see how many times we don't get front. into that line yes. of the hitter, it is it's undertaught. And yes. I'm I'm uh, right in there as a person who doesn't do a very good job teaching that because I see a lot of our blockers don't front that line. One of the terms that, that I've used is a basketball term. I know you're a hoops guy yeah. was take the charge. I like that. take the charge. I you like got it. You can't just, you know, think that person's going to run into you you got to get in front of them yes and and that's one of the ways i
0: anchor that idea is i say if the person were to come through the net would they run into you and and i don't want them to go through the net there's not we're not doing any of that (laughs) but i'm just saying if that player were to would you be in front of them because a lot of times they just go to where the ball is right and so that's why again we want to start with looking at the hitter this you
1: start you put that in super early i really like that i haven't done that i probably have a bunch other technique stuff but it's cool that you have that Right at the beginning.
0: Yeah, I, I think there are some things that are overtaught in blocking, and I think there are certain things that are really important that in blocking that are undertaught. I think the undertaught things are the reading and the timing and the perception aspects. Yeah. Those are really the challenge, I think. But when they're young and well, anytime we got to make sure that their wrists and fingers are not flapping. This is a safety issue. A lot of times we try to use the light balls when they're learning how to block and even when they already know how to block just to protect their fingers, because it can be a dangerous situation um, if their hands and wrists are uh, pointed at the ball. I mean, I know you've had some of those. Yep. I've had so many. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it's unfortunate part of the game, but you can try to ha- have some healthier habits by teaching their correct hand position, and we call it no flapping. No Okay. Either. And then the other term we use, or the other phrase we use is thumbs to the moon. So if you can imagine uh, putting your finger, your, your arm straight up, and then uh, your hands, are, your fingers are pointed at the sky. We want them to rotate so that their thumb is pointed up at the sky, thumbs to the moon. Um, and then we want them to face the net, right? Not facing out of bounds, not face the hitter. This is also a difficult uh, thing for them to understand because they always want to face the play and that makes sense. But it's. Counterintuitive in a way to uh, face flat, face completely the net, and then keep their forearms as close to the net as possible, and we call that ceiling. Or you know, there's so many different terms for this, but I've probably said this a million times to my club team this year. And then the final one, I know this is kind of a lot, but it's it's a bit of a complex skill.
1: Oh, it's it is it's the toughest skill, no
0: no question. Yeah, and I would say land safely, right? I I kind of view uh, blocking a volleyball as one of the more unsafe skills in volleyball relative to volleyball and we were talk, touching on this briefly sort of in the pre-pod if they're not landing properly they're because they're landing close to people they're landing in action it's very easy for them to roll an ankle and just to create like weird overuse um injuries where uh because they are often landing on one foot it's a uh, it can really easily just it, become injured, basically. I mean, uh, just to sum it up.
1: So that safe landing is key. And that balance as far as keeping balance, keeping balance, they have to move, especially
0: yes. And then they're going to transition off the net as well. So. So those are sort of the principles. Here's some known issues, meaning we know these are probably going to be problems with almost every blocker from the start. If we can address these, we know it's going to be helpful. So the first thing is the spacing from the net. If they're too far away from the net, obviously, they're, they're not going to get over the net forward and if they're too close to the net what tends to happen is is what we call what i call a double move where they reach back first and then forward kind of down onto the net so if they're too uh, keeping proper spacing from the net is a known issue so one of the things we can do to help for that is to get into a good uh, starting position pin the elbows on the rib cage and then um your hands should basically be on the net at that point right that's one of the, the space, spacing ways to do it the other way that i've seen teams do it lately that i really like is they actually put their uh, if if their elbows are pinned on their rib cage and their hands are at 90 they put basically where their thumb and finger are underneath the net exactly
1: oh wow which is an interesting
0: one and i've never thought about that but it kind of makes sense because you want your hands to go over to the other side of the net so you have your hands under the other side of the net essentially so that's been an interesting one i've seen teams do lately and i kind of like it i've been experimenting with that i said get your hands under the net especially when they kind of drop their hands and they're ready to move um we know swatting at the ball that double move is is totally common so um and we're going to get into this but one of the videos works on making a really clean hand move and um
1: do you have you- any name i have a name
0: for that a name for the hand move? Yeah. Uh-oh. So
1: that's, that's one. I, I think I stole it from Peter Ogle. Okay. And it's slide over, okay. slide back. Okay. I like that. So what we want is we want those hands to be over the net for as long as possible. So they're sliding over yes. and they're sliding back. They're not going up pressing I don't like pressing right. and then pulling back and pulling down yes that's and what I so, call the double move I, right I can't stand and that. so yeah. we see a lot of that right yes. because we have that pressing so they go up they press, press they pull back and they come down right and so you know, I think that might be four moves and not not just a double <laughs> move that might yeah. be the quadruple move but what we want is it's really not a move it's just sliding right. over right. Like and sliding back and can yes. your hands be over the on the other side of the net for as long as possible
0: I love that and um I the term I used on that is scrape. So they, they it's as if they're scraping this uh, the underside of their forearm against the net.
1: Interesting. Okay. I like that. Term. Okay.
0: So I think a lot of times they don't want a net, right? right. So they reach up. And we want them to reach forward and it's it, just them knowing that and feeling the difference between those two is key. But if at their when they're first learning to feel that to feel that slide forward, slide back, yep. I'll have them actually touch the net and feel it on them okay. for the sort of the kinesthetic of how close they are to the net. Yep. Obviously you gotta train them out of that and you don't do that for a long time, but can your hands make that move going forward yep. right away? So um, a space between the arms and the net, we talked about that and then looking at the ball. Okay, you need to see the ball, but it needs to be an awareness of the ball and looking at the high information areas, where the hitter is going to meet the ball the shoulder the approach line there's a bunch of stuff to look for but you're not seeing it if you're looking at the ball so so those are some of the known issues and then and then finally some tips so say what you see right i love this one we've been talking about this one lately yep. it, you think the hitters go angle say angle yep. if they hit it line so be it yep. <laughs> we'll work on reading say the timing so especially when you're trying to coordinate with another blocker but even for yourself i think it helps to say the timing ready ready up i like that hard hard count if you will like a quarterback hard count ready ready up and then look at the high information areas we talked about this and the high information areas are generally the shoulder elbow wrist right approach line leading like big leading into small right so you start with the full athlete and then you kind of narrow into the smaller um contact position and then um make a good block and let the blocker come or let the hitter come to you so what that means is just do your block i feel like when the hitter gets involved a lot of times the the blocker will start doing all this different stuff with their hands just make a good block go go neat and over the net like we're talking about and if the hitter hits into your hands you block it if they hit above you will dig it if they hit around you will dig it <laughs> Sort of the theory and then uh I'd say for the younger kids block without moving first, like, I think there's this big emphasis on blocking footwork when really, especially at the younger levels, you really don't have very far to go. So I would say get them to be able to block where they're standing and then go get them to make some moving blocks, which is more of a challenge, but they should be able to block um, where they're moving every every player. Um, and then a couple activities. Um, and this one's a little it's not controversial, I'd say, but it's like should you as a coach hit balls off of a box into the blockers hands
1: well i I think we know that there are some and we we talked about cody Kessel, who is now playing on our national team and his his father john is incredible uh, they both are a wonderful coach and he said hey cody never blocked a ball from anyone on a box and he became a a very talented blocker Uh, on the other hand, is there a feel you get and can you, uh, speed that up with a little time on a box? Right. And I I think once again, if you do it, uh, it needs to be done in, in small doses.
0: Yes. And I would just add also, I think there's a bit of a safety issue there. Meaning like if they're pointing their fingers at the ball, that's a safety issue. So we need to make sure we address that. I don't know if that necessarily needs to be on a box, but that needs to happen. Their fingers cannot be pointed at the ball. If they are, it's an unsafe position. Um, And then eventually we'll get to uh, some other drills, but I mean, those are basically it. I think the final thing I'll add is it's really, really, I'll just stress this, important to connect what they see with what they're doing. I feel like so often the blocker just goes to block and they just aren't really connecting what they're seeing. Yep. right and that's why I loved playing on the beach and I thought a lot of that happened with read blocking especially indoor I feel like there's so much assignment blocking it's just like you yep. take this that they don't end up being creative and and really connecting what they see to what they're doing um so that's the skill block well
1: I got a couple things to throw in Tell on me, that before please. we leave it the first yeah. one is when to block and when not to block and oh, I think in the I beginning that's big because We see a lot of blockers all the time, even at some higher levels, they're jumping up when people are bumping free balls. And I think we have some vision things and that gets back to your vision. So getting into that very early and saying, wait a minute, there's not a hitter there. If there isn't a
0: hitter, you're not blocking. So I got one real quick. So uh, that's one of the early reading drills we do. So I will just have the hitter spike or free ball and the blocker will just block or drop and it's so obvious when they're looking at the wrong things and it's so common
1: (laughs) yep too well it's just it's great simple simple feedback yeah and they get it themselves and they can make corrections you don't have to say much so yeah and
0: and with the littler ones they're most often better served dropping right yep Uh, so it's only really when the ball is set close to the net that they should be blocking so giving them some of those ideas can help
1: So So that's one. The other one is a lot of them. We we talked about those hands starting wide and they like to go big to small. So if they start them way wide, then they're pulling their hands together and blocking a little tiny area. Yes. And we want that small to big. So they start with their, I like that elbows pinned. Uh, you had, cage, you know, yeah. on the rib cage, and then they go up and they get a little bigger up there. Yes. And I'd almost rather I'd rather see them get field gold in the beginning than to have their hands together because I think it's it's common for those players they want to put their hands together in this little, little spot. <laughs> and even some <till> of my <laughs> blockers, I would show them video and go, "You're not covering very much area with that block." I up remember
0: there. when I was playing, giving myself a little cut with my nail on my other thumb and going, okay. (laughs) you know, I got to open up my hands a little bit.
1: And then the last one I'll say, and this is uh, how early do we get them to transition? So I'm almost saying now that I'm not letting. If there's a live block, if there's a ball involved, then the blocker has to transition. I love that and is never going to land and, and stay there so hey and, and you'll see them now when they block balls they'll transition so they don't really get the feel for hey if i block a ball and still on the other side i got to keep my hands up and be ready to reload. to reload and get right back over the net maybe because somebody's going to attack that ball so those are the those are I my like little those. additions for you
0: i love those i think those are all those are all awesome because the final final thought on that last point is most of the time they're not going to block the ball Right. I mean, so transition is actually probably going to happen 97% of the time, 98% of the time. So awesome tips. I love it. So we're into the scenario scenario. Okay. What's the scenario? This
1: one I got from uh, a coach that I talked to this, uh, this past year. She's a high school coach in Nebraska. It's and She recently reached out to me and said, said, Hey, what happens in practice when your team's engagement and effort levels slowly go down. So you pass that kind of honeymoon period where everybody's excited, team starting out, you get this energy in the gym, dog days hit couple months in. Oh, <laughs> tough. How do it's we keep tough. that level high? And, yeah. and so I think that's a great one, because I think that is, uh, I think it's every coach's challenge, because I think everybody fights this. Absolutely. Uh, so I think number one, it's a great question. And number number two, because it's such a good question, uh, we need a multi pronged approach. We can't yeah. just say, Oh, we do this. And this will fix it. Such it's not something point. we fix, we just got to attack this all the time. I love it. Uh, and then it's a culture thing. Meaning Absolutely. it's everything we do, every little thing we do as a coach kind of adds up to either help us bring energy or maybe damage some of that and and brings that energy level down and and i'm a list guy davis so i'm like a 10 ways to do stuff so we're gonna have 10 ways to maintain high energy and effort level. okay cool so number one number one begin with energy so people come in the gym can you have some energy and my high school, we play music now. So there's actually a, a separation between when they walk into class and when they walk into the gym. And so there's music in the gym, getting that music, keeping it clean is, is one of my challenges. But we have <laughs> yes. kids music, not my oldies, right? Okay. not my real oldies, but it's, uh, yeah. it's got to be clean. Right. The other thing, maybe you don't have music, maybe you're in a club, maybe some little over the net game to start. So they come in and they're immediately doing something over the net. Maybe there's some social, so they get to chat a little bit. But there's some energy when they walk in the gym. They're not walking in and listening to me ramble for 10 minutes over what happened in the match or whatever, or at the tournament. Right. We get into it so they know when they walk in, they're doing something fun. I love it. Uh, and then that greeting, connecting with a smile, some type of you know start. So uh, could I real quick? I think that's such a good
0: point. I think it, you should greet every player every day. Yep. I mean, I know this sounds like, but I think that doesn't happen. We get so wrapped up into our own world. I know I do. I do too. You know, so I'm sorry, but that's a good point by you for sure.
1: And then I'm a, I'm a guy now and as an old guy, uh, I'm trying to be more connected with fun. Okay. And that is one of my motivating goals that, Hey, these kids play a lot of volleyball and how do we make it fun? And for me, rallies are fun. It's fun when everybody's communicating. Uh, and then we've moved away from things like working hard. Okay. We're not working hard. We're going to play hard. Uh, uh I so can't. I don't like where this is at work. Work is in a coal mine. Yeah. We're not in a coal mine. We're playing volleyball. Okay. We're trying to keep the I ball alive it. and we're doing this together and we're connecting with each other. And Reframing we get to, it. Right? Yeah. So it's, anyway, so, cool. so that's number two is the connecting with fun. Okay. Number so cool. three is we start every practice with a quotation. I like that. And so there's that reminder and, and our, our three values are effort, teamness, attitude. So we have effort, uh, every third quotation, is going to be an effort quotation. So this might be, this is here an example. Communication is the perfect measuring stick for effort. No athletic talent is necessary oh i like that okay so once again this is something that everybody Mm -hmm. can do everybody can be a uh, a great communicator so that's number three we start with a quotation so we're revisiting this idea of effort uh and then teamness and attitude and all those things kind of lend to our culture to keep those things strong cool very cool now we have some culture habits number our number one is we keep the ball off the floor okay Okay. all the time davis every single time so we're in pairs You hit the ball to me and you don't hit it to me. I got to run. I can't let it hit the floor. I say it's a grenade. That ball hits the floor. And I see all kinds of practices where kids let the ball hit the floor around them, whether it be pepper, whether it be pear stuff, whether it be butterfly and anything, we don't let the ball hit the floor. Okay. So that's one of our culture things that, Hey, ball hits the floor. It's a grenade. We all die. Okay. And that's what happens in a game. Ball hits the floor. I see point guests. I don't like that. Right. I want. So uh, yeah. that's one of our things. We keep the ball off the floor. I like that. Uh secondly, another culture habit, we have a shared vocabulary. Okay. And so we have some specific vocabulary. One of it, one of those statements we say all the time is gravity is relentless. So are we. <laughs> oh, I like that. So that's gravity great. doesn't rest, right? right? So we need to be relentless on defense. We're not gonna let the ball hit the floor. Uh, so we have this specific vocab. Another go. culture habit is we play everything. We play it off the walls, we play yes. it off the bleacher, we cover out of the net. If you hit it in the net, I got to cover it, we get three more contacts. Yep. If we're scoring, we can't earn points on those, but they can be washes, so we can prevent the other team from scoring. I've taken to doing that in my practice and I love it. Oh, it's, yeah. hey, it's, it's rallies are fun. Rallies are fun. It's and, fun, spontaneous, so fun. be spontaneous. Spontaneous Work. volleyball Don't let it hit the ground. Yes, super cool. Okay. And then another culture habit is we're picky when we're labeling poor effort. Ooh. I'm super picky. Okay. So examples, blockers who touch a ball, blocker hits the ball and then the ball lands and they don't make a secondary effort to put their hands down to try to get it. Okay. So we're saying, wait a minute, you ball hit your hands and you give up. Right. And once again, that's quitting. And we define that we, you know, I'm not trying to baby them and go, Oh, nice. Try. No, you didn't try for it. Right. And trying to say, Hey, we're honest about that. So we're, uh, we're saying, Hey, that we're trying to find times when their effort is low, when they might not recognize it. Okay. Uh, another one, uh, defenders who flop rather than run. So they mm. fall on the floor and we go, Oh, that's, but that's not good effort because you didn't get that second step off. The right? coaches dive. Yeah. Clippers off the net are we making moves on those are our setters and middles, maybe middles mm-hmm. or maybe rights in those cause they're close to the net, maybe in serve receive? Yeah. are they making moves on clippers? I love that. And are they getting on the floor, getting, yeah. getting nasty after yeah. and get going after that? Uh, so all of those things, Oh, no coverage and coverage. When balls go in the net, we can really see about coverage. That's why I love covering because it happens so rarely, but balls are hit in the net. It's another time to measure coverage. I love it. I love it. Another culture habit number eight. Now we're celebrate great defense. Yes. In pairs pepper. I might stop everyone to celebrate a great move that only one player saw that's because cool. it's easy to go. Oh, well, this isn't in front of everybody. So I'll let this ball hit. And when you have kids who are laying it out yeah. in pepper, I'm on like, wait, 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 stop. And they, they think I'm mad or something. I'm on like, no, oh, Dave, Look at this move. <laughs> David's just made the best move of the year right here. We got to check that out. So that's another culture habit.
0: That's really cool.
1: Number nine, this is, I think, one of my best ones, and this is another culture habit. No goes. What happens? What happens when we don't go for a ball?
0: We had a good discussion about this um, on my prior podcast, the Voluntary Podcast, and how these, this should be handled. And I think there's a lot of different approaches. Tell me how you guys approach this.
1: So number one, if the players recognize it, it's different than me recognizing it. Yes. So they have to number one, recognize that that's a no go. Okay. So if they recognize it, they move off the court and do one full speed floor move. Okay. And it's connected. It's a floor move. So it's connected to defense. It's not a burpee because I don't think a burpee is connected to defense. And I think we always need to work on floor moves. So, but if I catch it, I can choose however many floor moves I want them to make. Okay. I like that. So, I might say, okay, hey, that's five, Davis. You didn't cover on that, and they didn't recognize that somebody that maybe it was the the other attacker on the opposite side of the floor just stood there and watched. Oh, I didn't get set, so I I just stopped. Right, but I catch it. I go, oh, Davis didn't cover. We got five moves, and then maybe then on the next one, the ball goes in the net, and you catch yourself. You go, oh wait a minute, I didn't cover on that one. And then the team rather than the team being upset with you you just save the team four floor moves by <laughs> recognizing your mistake
0: i like that it's it lends a sense of ownership to it yep that's really that's a really cool point
1: number 10 is my last one okay and that is challenging the best defenders uh yes. in six on six we try to start six on six with a with a rip to the our best defender maybe it's our okay. our libro and we hit that ball st- you know, and stretch them out. So if that's the best defender, they get to show that every practice. I love it. So much
0: cool Those stuff. Those are my ten there. things. That's a great.
1: That's a great ten. That's awesome. All right, so we
0: could we could stay there, but let's continue we moving. Gotta, yeah, we, we got to keep get back going. To your drills. So let's get back to the blocking vids. Okay, these will all be unlocked on the Art of Coaching. Uh, the first one is Mike Seely's hand position coaching. Okay. You have one on there where you talk about slide yep. and slide back. Uh, I thought that was wonderful. I, I also thought Mike Seely went into a, a bunch of great detail about this too, but he talks about the hand positioning, what the hands should be doing, going over the net. Uh, Mike Seely's the coach at UCLA, yep. right? Uh, the next is Joe Segula, who's the coach at North Carolina. Um, his footwork drill and he, this is where he does all different types of blocking footworks uh, swing blocking okay. what they call static blocking where you're kind of shuffling um, so he goes into that but with a bunch of great fee- fee- uh, feedback for the players great stuff there and then uh, one of our mentors Terry Liskevich his timing and reading drill uh, this is not an- fantastic drill i call it blind blocking it's where the balls i love this one yeah this is
1: the one i know yeah blind
0: man blocking yes it comes from behind the blocker so they can't look at the ball they can only look at the hitter and really focuses on reading and timing and i really think it helps them connect those cues and then finally one of the best blocking teachers i believe in the country kevin hambly this is when he was back at um, illinois he's now the coach at stanford Um, he does a whole bunch of tips and stuff on um on this last blocking video that's you got to check out if you're really into learning about blocking great stuff cool absolutely so we're back to the last segment the resource so what's the resource the the resource
1: is you know i'm not a big social media guy but uh you know as an old guy i I have a little facebook work now and there is a facebook group called vct volleyball coaches and trainers and it's been a fun one for me because there's always great stuff coming up and a lot of beginning coaches asking questions and a lot of experienced coaches in there giving answers. And yeah. you can get on there and get into certain topics. And, uh, it's a coach community. I think they have something like 20, 20,000 yeah. plus coaches now going on there. And, uh, it's a great resource. So, Absolutely. uh, the, the guys who run it, one of the guys is uh, BJ, uh, and, and, you know, I think you have to put your name in there and say where you coach and then get accepted. And they do that right away. And those guys, uh, they do a great job.
0: Yeah, BJ Leroy. Yeah, they do a great job. And if you want Volley Talk, that's a great place to go for sure. So what a great episode. We talked about blocking. We talked about the scenario of trying to keep your practices high energy. We gave you some drills that you could work on. And we shared the resource of the Volleyball Coaches and Trainers uh, Facebook group. So, can't beat that. What a great episode. Can't beat that. So, once again, thanks so much, Todd. We had another great week.
1: Thank you, Davis. We'll see you next time. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye bye.